The Deep Dive Podcast presents Mysteries of the Deep. I'm your host, Tom Feeney. This will be a bit of a departure from our usual content where myself and my co-host, Manda, take a look at what's on streaming media. Now, since true crime podcasts are hugely popular, we thought we'd try to leech off their success with a shameless copy. If it works, we'll do more of these. If not, we shall not speak of it again. On this episode, we'll dive into the story of a man who was once one of the hottest movie directors on the planet, until he fell from grace, and more importantly, from Hollywood's radar. Mysteries of the Deep presents, Whatever Happened to the Director of Die Hard and Predator? In 1986, an American-made horror movie was released into theaters with very little fanfare, critical derision, and even less box office. The film was called Nomads, and it was made by a first-time writer and director, 34-year-old John McTiernan. It started out to be their dream house. What do you think, huh? A place to call their own. A home too good to be true. Nomads. You've never run from anything in your life. Run from this. They are here. (laughs) They are a nightmare. But they are as real as the terror you feel. While Nomads didn't garner much attention by either critics or audiences, the film's breathless pace and style caught the eye of one superstar in the making, Arnold Schwarzenegger. During the 1980s, the former champion bodybuilder had been amassing an impressive motion picture resume with starring roles in two Conan movies, The Terminator and Commando. With these successful films under his belt, Schwarzenegger had his pick of almost any action movie project. To the surprise of many, the fourth film in the Rocky franchise, where the Italian stallion faces off against the massive Russian Ivan Drago, packed a huge box office punch. People in Hollywood joke that the only place to go from there would be to have Rocky Balboa fight an alien from another world. Well, that joke inspired two brothers, Jim and John Thomas, to write a script for a sci-fi action movie. The screenplay was titled Hunter. It was bought by 20th Century Fox. They brought it to Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it would ultimately become known as Predator. Whatever it is out there, it killed Harper, and now it wants us. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle, it just came alive and took him. It kills for pleasure. He was skinned alive! It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. But this time... If it bleeds, we can kill it. It's picked the wrong man to hunt. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Predator. Rated R. The hunt begins Friday, June 12th at theaters everywhere. Schwarzenegger's decision to bring John McTiernan on as director paid off. Despite numerous problems during production, including the stress and strain of shooting in an actual jungle environment in Mexico, McTiernan delivered beyond expectations. Predator was released in theaters in 1987 to huge box office, ultimately grossing nearly $100 million 
during its theatrical run. Since then, it has been regarded as a classic example of pumped-up 80s action movies. After that, McTiernan was a hot commodity in Hollywood and was approached by Fox to direct a film that would, even more so than Predator, define the modern action movie for decades afterwards. It was the story of a no-nonsense New York City cop who flies across the country to attend the worst Christmas party ever. This summer, take the ride of your life. Dodge bullets, leap from skyscrapers, and survive 127 blazing minutes of non-stop excitement. Welcome to the party! All in 70mm six-track Dolby Stereo oh. that will blow you through the back wall of the theater. Die Hard, rated R. Exclusive engagement begins Friday, July 15th in selected cities. Before coming on board Die Hard, McTiernan wanted to make one major change. He didn't want the group of terrorists that take over Nakatomi Plaza to actually be terrorists. He considered actual terrorists to be humorless and wanted to inject some levity into their otherwise brutal behavior. So they adjusted the script so that they were only posing as terrorists to cover a massive robbery. After most A-list actors turned down the role, TV star Bruce Willis, who had only been in one prior movie, got the part of John McClane. The casting decision proved to be a brilliant one due to Willis's everyman persona and sense of humor. Those qualities made McClane someone audiences could root for. Die Hard was an unexpected hit for 20th Century Fox. They hoped for a moderate box office success, but the movie spent 10 weeks in the top five grossing movies of that year. And of course, it went on to become a huge franchise property for Fox, not to mention its impact on popular culture. Oh, and as to the popular debate on whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie, John McTiernan has gone on the record as saying that it definitely is a Christmas movie. So there. Now, if you've directed two huge films in a row, where do you go from there? Well, you go deep, underwater, with Alec Baldwin and Sean Connery. The Russian disappeared. Invisible. This thing could park a couple of hundred warheads off Washington and New York. Stolen. He's defecting. The Russians know this, which is why they've been trying to sink him for the past two days. The hunt is on. Now you want us to help you hunt him down and kill him. Battle stations. Give the man a chance. From the director of Die Hard. Torpedo is an acquisition. From the best-selling novel by Tom Clancy. We sail into history. The hunt for Red October, March 2nd. Grossing over $200 million, The Hunt for Red October would become the biggest box office and critical success of John McTiernan's career. After that, it seemed like he could do no wrong. But in Hollywood, it doesn't take much to lose favor with the powers that be. McTiernan reunited with Sean Connery for his next project, 1992's Medicine Man. The rainforest set adventure proved to be a bitter pill to swallow for both critics and audiences. If Sean Connery couldn't bring in the box office, who do you get to get your mojo back? How about the man who gave you your big break, Arnold Schwarzenegger? The plan was to create the biggest, most bombastic action movie of all time. A surefire hit that would bring in audiences of all ages and become a box office 
blockbuster. Except it wasn't. It wasn't at all. On June 18th, this is a magic ticket. Get ready to be transported out of the audience and into the action. Holy cow! I'm in the movie! Who the hell are you? I'm Danny Madigan. I'm a kid. This summer, Arnold Schwarzenegger is Jack Slater. Jack! Everybody down! And Jack Slater is the last action hero. The big ticket for 93. 1993's The Last Action Hero was poised to be the biggest blockbuster of the year. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and directed by John McTiernan, the story of a teenage boy who gets transported into a big-budget action movie seemed to have all the elements needed for a massive hit. It had a huge budget, lots of celebrity cameos, Arnold, and a director known for his skill at making action movies. Problem was, The Last Action Hero was supposed to be a comedy. McTiernan was a great action director, but he didn't know from funny. So instead, the film turned out as loud and obnoxious as the action movies it was trying to parody. In the terrific book Hit and Run by Nancy Griffin, it was revealed that a test audience reacted so badly to the film that Columbia Pictures executives destroyed all the comment cards after the screening. Word of mouth got out and the press began to report about the disastrous response. Now that alone may not have been bad enough to sink the film, but adding fossil fuel to the fire was a certain large bipedal carnivore. Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park, released the week before Last Action Hero, became the apex predator of the summer of 93. No matter how big Schwarzenegger was, he couldn't top a 20-foot-tall T-Rex. The last action hero wound up actually losing tens of millions of dollars for the studio. And for his troubles, director John McTiernan was awarded the Golden Raspberry for Worst Director that year. Now, After that disaster, you might want to return to more familiar territory. And that's exactly what John McTiernan did. On May 19th, Lights go down. Trust me, guys. Ducks. The roof comes off. Bruce Willis. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Rated R. Die Hard with a Vengeance brought John McTiernan back together with Bruce Willis for the second sequel to the original Die Hard. This time, Willis teamed up with Samuel L. Jackson, fresh off his star-making performance in Pulp Fiction. The sequel, set in John McClane's old stomping grounds of New York, was something of a return to form for McTiernan. He and Willis together created the character of John McClane, and they knew how best to showcase the character. The formula worked and made Die Hard with a vengeance the highest grossing film of 1995 with a take of nearly 300 million at the box office. It would be the last major hit of McTiernan's career. He would enjoy a modest success with his next project, a remake of The Thomas Crown Affair, but then the bottom would drop out from under him. He was fortunate to have the love of the most beautiful woman in the kingdom. Unfortunately, she was the king's wife, and he was banished forever. Go with God. You listening? 
Now, this man of peace has wandered into a land at war against an enemy that comes without warning and leaves without a trace. They are demons. You must know that 13 men have been chosen to destroy this evil. What the hell are you saying? The 13th man is you. The big budget historical Viking epic, The 13th Warrior, opened, then quickly closed in the summer of 1999. The Antonio Banderas starring picture cost a reported $160 million. It made less than half of that at the ticket counter. Test audiences hated McTiernan's cut of the film so much, he was fired from the movie and it was recut with a new ending and even a brand new score. It didn't help. Now, as much as Hollywood loves to watch its people fall, it also loves a good comeback story. It certainly wouldn't be far-fetched to believe that a director as skilled as McTiernan could easily make such a comeback. In the space of a decade, John McTiernan went from being a top-notch Hollywood director to being Federal Prisoner 43029-112. Now, how did this happen? McTiernan was hired to produce and direct a remake of the popular dystopian sports movie Rollerball. The movie was a bomb at the box office and also managed to blow up McTiernan's career. One of his co-producers on the film was a man named Charles Rovin. McTiernan and Rovin did not see eye to eye on the direction of the film. And so John McTiernan hired a well-known Hollywood private investigator named Anthony Pelicano to find potential dirt on his co-producer to use against him. Pelicano set up an illegal wiretap on Charles Rovin. Apparently that was par for the course for Pelicano. As part of a massive investigation into Pelicano's activities, McTiernan was arrested in 2006 for lying to the FBI about his role in hiring Pelicano to spy on Charles Rovin. The legal battle that ensued took years to litigate and forced McTiernan to declare bankruptcy. He was sentenced to serve 12 months in a minimum security federal prison. His sentence ended in 2014. Could there be another comeback in the cards for John McTiernan? Maybe. The director, who just turned 70, is preparing to shoot his next feature film, a sci-fi action movie called Tau City 4. According to reports, production will commence once the current pandemic crisis passes and shooting can begin. So to answer the original question, where is John McTiernan? Back at the director's chair where he belongs. Thanks for listening. If this is the first time you've heard this podcast, check out our past episodes and subscribe so you don't miss a single one. And we want to hear from you. Drop us a line at the Deep Dive Podcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feeds. You can find links to those on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. All clips used in this podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. This podcast is a production of Automaton Studios.